morning. Glad you guys are here for part two of this series we're calling Stretch Marks. If you're a guest with us, I understand that title might sound a little bit odd to you, but let me tell you exactly what I mean. I believe this can be the best year of your life if, if it's the best year of your life spiritually. And in order for it to be the best life spiritually, God's got some ways I think he wants to stretch you. And so we're spending four weeks talking about how you can get there. Now, I don't know how many of you heard this, but I imagine it's pretty popular. Can you complete this sentence for me? Timing is everything. Timing is everything. We're going to talk about timing this morning. Uh, What you might not have realized is that old expression, timing is everything, actually comes from your Bible. Check it out. Watch this. Ecclesiastes 8.6. There is a right time and a right way to do everything. Timing is everything. That's where we get that. And we know it's true. We know timing is everything. Today is uh, the Super Bowl. Tom Brady is going to be starting at quarterback for the New England Patriots. I think this is actually uh, his seventh, uh, seventh Super Bowl start, which is just absurd, the most by any quarterback, but he wasn't always the starter. In fact, he wasn't drafted until the sixth round in the NFL draft. 198 players went before him. Teams thought that there were 198 players better than the man who started in seven Super Bowls. Furthermore, New England, who drafted him, had just signed a contract with their current quarterback, a guy named Drew Bledsoe, for 10 years and $100 million. Translation, Tom Brady is not supposed to get on this field. We've got our guy, a 10-year, $100 million guy, but timing is everything. See, Drew Bledsoe got hit on uh, a very devastating hit and an injury and suffered, and that's when Tom Brady came in, and the rest is kind of history, as they say. Just to take the example a little bit further, there's going to be numerous passes thrown and caught in today's game. Many of those passes are going to be thrown before the receiver even turns around. Because timing is everything. That's one of the things I love about football. Timing is so much of the game, the way a a running back will hit the hole, the pace, and then he explodes through, or the route receivers runs, all those things. Everything in football is predicated on timing. Uh, Even if you're not a football fan, you understand that timing is everything. You can see this in the most recent election of our country. Not many people gave Donald Trump a chance to win, but timing is everything. I heard a story on the radio the other day that uh, Vegas was giving out odds for uh, electing the president, and they gave Donald Trump a 50 to 1 chance of winning early on, so a guy threw down $1,000 on Donald Trump. You do the math, 50 to 1, okay? He's a little bit richer today, but how did, how did he do it? Among other things, timing. Timing. He seized an opportunity. So I use these examples as a way to remind you that the way you spend your time matters because timing is everything. If you were here last week, you might remember these words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 where he said, Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? No, they cannot. What Jesus is really saying is you have to be intentional about the moments that you do have. 
It's not going to do you any good to worry about what you didn't get done or what you still got to get done. Worry adds no more time to your life. So you've got to be intentional about the moments that you have. Jesus goes on to say in verse 31, So don't worry about these things saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, and they run after them. But your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things are going to be given to you as well. Timing is everything. God's timing is everything. If you want to have the best year of your life, it's got to start spiritually. And you've got to start chasing after the things of God in order to have your best life. The way I kind of like to think about it is you need to not ask God to always bless the things that you're doing. You need to start finding the things that God is blessing. Uh, one of you is with me on that. I saw nobody reach for their phones to say, man, I got to tweet that. That's one of the best things I've ever heard, Pastor. I'm going to repeat that. You need to start finding the things that God is blessing. Stop asking God to bless what you're doing all the time. Maybe God's got something better for you. Start finding what God is blessing and be intentional about getting involved with that. Why? Because timing is everything. See, many of us like to go through life focused on our own tasks and our own responsibilities, and many times they're good things, so don't misunderstand me. They might be very right and appropriate things, and so we need help from God in those things. So we say, God, can you please help us? I've got this thing going on over here, and God's response sometimes is, well, you know, I've got this thing over here. Why don't you go do it and see what blessing can come from that by getting involved in my plan? and my task, and my purpose for your life. And that's not because God needs anything from us. He's God. But He wants your joy, and He knows how to get you to your ultimate joy and your best life possible. So stop asking God to bless you all the time. Start working on figuring out what God's involved in. Get involved with that timing. Anybody in here ever been surfing before? One, oh, well, I know Kansas is like, you know, it's kind of tough to do that, but I, I just thought we'd have a little bit more than that. Okay, well, I've had the opportunity to surf a couple times. Let me tell you what's true about surfing. I'm by no means good, okay, so don't hear me say that. But surfing requires a lot of hard work. You got to paddle out through waves in order to get deeper uh, into the ocean, and then it takes a lot of patience to wait on that perfect wave. That patience is compounded exponentially because you're sitting there and there's a good possibility a shark might rip your leg right off your body. And so that's very nerve-wracking in where you're just laying there. Uh, but then you've got to wait for that perfect wave. And then that wave comes. You've got to paddle as fast as you can and just hop up on the board and try and, and make your way on that wave. Slow, hard work, slow, patience. And then all of a sudden it can be fast. And life is pretty similar to that. It takes a lot of hard work to get wherever you're at and wherever you're going. You have no long you have no idea how long it might take. Sometimes it takes a lot of patience. Sometimes it wait, feels like you're just waiting for something bad to happen and then all of a sudden a wave might come and you just do your best to hang on. Here's how uh, surfing and life also are similar. You can't create any of those waves. You've got to wait for that wave that God creates. And sometimes you've got to be patient. 
But then other times you've got to move fast. And sometimes you have to just pick up your board and try it all over again. And so this morning I, I want to talk to you about God's timing and how God might want to stretch your time. Sometimes he might want you to move fast. Other times God might want you to move slow. But in either case, it's all about maximizing your opportunities. I think it was Albert Einstein who said time management is an oxymoron. What I think he meant by that is you can't manage your time. You don't get to tell time what to do. There's no rollover minutes in this life. You don't, if you don't use some time today, it's not like you get more time tomorrow. Everybody gets the same amount of time each day. So you can't manage your time, but you can absolutely maximize the time that you've been given. I want to show you how. So uh, you might jot this down. First of all, you have to recognize that life is short. If you want to maximize your time, you've got to recognize that life is short. This is James 4.14. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. In case your brain works a little bit like mine, here's what that looks like. That's your life. <laughs> Don't want to hit the electronics, but it's kind of sobering, isn't it? That's your life. A mist. You're here for a little while. You're gone mid-morning, right? It's foggy. It was foggy this morning. You take a look outside, no more fog. That's your life. Here in the morning, gone by mid-morning. You might get 60, 70, 80 years on this planet. I hope you get more. But your life is short. If you want to maximize your time, you've got to understand that you have no idea how long your life is going to last. Here's what else that you need to do. You need to understand you can't do everything. Life is short, but you can't do everything. Watch this, Proverbs 17, 24. An intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. Preached on this before. If you can go back online, check out a message series I did called Margin or Strapped. Both things talk about time management and and how you can't do everything. So I'm not going to spend much time here, but what you really need to understand is you should not prioritize your schedule. You got to schedule your priorities. If you're going to maximize your life, you've got to pick those things that are big and important and you schedule those. Otherwise, life's going to just take over. You start scheduling uh, things that aren't important because they seem to be a priority. No, 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 no. Don't prioritize your schedule. Schedule your priorities. But here's why I want to spend the bulk of our time this morning. These next two ideas. You have to know when to move fast. You got to know when to move slow. You want to maximize this year. You want to have the best year of your life. It's got to start spiritually. And if you want to do that, you've got to learn when to move fast and when to move slow. Remember our Ecclesiastes passage I started with. There is a right time to do everything. Right time for everything. Well, what's the right time to move fast? What's the right time to move slow? This is not by any means an exhaustive list. These are some of the big things that I think are important. How God might want to stretch you this year. First, you've got to know when to move fast. And that's when God tells you to do something. When God tells you to do something, you better move fast on that. It's time. Here's how your Bible says it. Psalms 119. 
without delay, I hurry to obey your command. Without delay, I hurry to obey your command. Well, pastor, what's, what's the commands? I'll do it. I'll move it fast. If, if you just tell me, pastor, uh, pastor, what are the commands? Well, Jesus already told us those commands. We looked at them last week in Matthew 5. Jesus said, the first and greatest commandment is love God. With all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, you've got to move fast when there's an opportunity for you to love God or love your neighbor. Move fast. Uh, I could have given you a hundred different ways to do this. I'm going to give you two because we're in a church context. Uh, you can serve in a ministry team. You want to move fast? God's told you to serve people around you. You could serve here. Move fast. If you're not serving on a team, move fast. Get involved. God also said you shouldn't do life alone. You need to be in relationship. You need to have people that are good influences on your life in order to push you in the right direction. So you need to get in a small group. Move fast serving, getting involved in a small group, some Christian life-giving relationships. Don't wait any longer. Move fast. God's commanded these things. Move fast when God tells you to do something. He might be trying to stretch you in this way this morning. Here's another time you've got to move fast. When you have an opportunity to do good. When you have an opportunity to do good, you need to move fast. It's Proverbs 3.27. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it while it's in your power to act. Don't wait when it's in your power. When you can do good, do not wait. How many times have you thought, man, I I should really do something nice for so-and-so? Man, I know so-and-so is going through a really difficult time right now. I should really call and offer to watch their kids, let them get out and, and go do something. Man, I've noticed so-and-so in school the other day. They seem really down. I should, I should talk to them. Ask them what's going on. When it's in your power, don't delay. Don't let this morning pass you by. Be thinking about a way you can do good for somebody else. Many of us, we think, well, when life just slows down, I'll have the opportunity. Newsflash. Life ain't slowing down. Now, there's some ways that you can move slowly within life, but there's always going to be a rapid pace in the world that we live in. You need to find ways to do good for other people. God says, move fast when you have that chance. Here's another time you've got to move fast. When I need to ask for or offer forgiveness. When I need to ask for or offer forgiveness, you've got to move fast. Jesus talked about this in a sermon that he preached in Matthew chapter 5. He says, if you are giving an offering at worship and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your offering. Go immediately to that person and be reconciled. Then you can come back to worship and offer your gift. Translation, don't come into this place and start singing songs if you've got some harbor, if you're harboring some resentment, or you know you've done something to hurt somebody. Don't offer a gift to God when there's something wrong in your heart, and you need to offer or give forgiveness. Some of you all right now maybe are understanding that you've done something to hurt somebody, or that you need to forgive somebody. Man, take the opportunity right now. Send them a text. I'm sorry. I forgive you. But don't 
Move slow in this area. Move fast when you need to offer or receive some forgiveness. In all seriousness, this is a big deal to God. Forgiveness is a big deal to God. Since God's forgiven you, how can you not forgive somebody else? Now, we're talking about time this morning, and folks spend way too much time abusing their bodies over guilt because of things they've done, or over bitterness because of what's been done to them. And God says, you don't need to harbor this anymore. This is too heavy for you to carry. You need to put your burdens on me. You need to offer forgiveness, or you need to receive forgiveness. Don't let guilt or resentment from your past or worry about your future mess up the present. If you want to have the best life possible, you've got to be forgiven. Or you might need to forgive some other people. Two more. When to move fast. When I feel tempted. Got to move fast when you feel tempted. 2 Timothy 2.22 Run from temptations. Run. Remember what the unbelievers were chasing after? Temptations. Things that aren't great for them. And Jesus says, run from temptation. Stay away from stupid and senseless arguments. Holy cow. If we could get the world involved into that, huh? Don't be a troublemaker. When you're being tempted, it's not a time to move slowly. It's not a time to say, well, it's not that big of a deal. I can get through this. This doesn't really bother me anymore. No, the Bible says run from temptation. When that scene comes on a movie, fast forward that mug. If you're tempted around alcohol, don't get around it. If you've got a bad mouth when you're around certain people, get new friends. Stay away from stupid and senseless arguments. Man, we got these things right. Sin is a big deal to God. You need not look any further than the brutality of the cross. Man was crucified to defeat sin in a horrific, bloody murder. Sin is a big deal to God. And you need to run from temptation. Because God's forgiven you. Why trifle around? Something that's going to kill you. Run from temptation. This can be your best year ever. If it's your best year spiritually. And you've got to understand that sin is a big, big deal to God. You need to run away from it. Run from temptation. Last thing, when to move fast. When God offers me salvation, don't wait. When God offers you salvation, some of you have been going to church your whole life. You still have no real relationship with Jesus. You have no things to point back to of where God is taking you in your life's journey. God says you need to have some life change. Salvation is not a time to move slow. Listen to me. Who else is going to give you a chance to be forgiven? A purpose for your life and a place in heaven. Nobody. A past that's forgiven? A purpose for your life? A place in heaven? This is what God is offering you today. He says you shouldn't wait on this. Move fast. Again, point number one. 
Life is short. You have no idea what's going to happen to you today. This is what your Bible says, 2 Corinthians 6.2. God is ready to help you right now. Today is the day of salvation. Exclamation point. Punctuation matters. Right? Recap. When to move fast. When God tells you to do something. When you have an opportunity to do good. When you need to ask for or offer forgiveness. When you feel tempted, God move fast. When God offers you salvation, don't wait. Now the big deal this morning is that moving fast and moving slow are equally important. You've got to understand both. When to move fast, when to move slow. Watch this, Proverbs fourteen twenty nine. It's smart to be what? Patient. I don't like that verse. Wish I wasn't in there. But Jesus, God, in Proverbs, through King Solomon, says it's smart to be patient. Key to your life this year might be understanding when to move fast, when to move slow. Millennials, if I could talk to you for a second, I'm kind of on the edge of this. I'm kind of an old man now. I'm 34. No idea how I made it this long, if I can be honest with you. But our world, our culture has just ingrained into us that speed is everything. I mean, you think about everything that you get right now. You can throw your food in a microwave, it's ready. I have the world's information at my fingertips, my cell phone. If I'm searching something that takes longer than five seconds, I'm like, it's not even worth it. You know, I mean, I remember the bag phone, you know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden I can, nonetheless... Culture is telling you that timing is everything and that speed is everything. And God says, no, 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 no. Sometimes you got to slow down. Don't be in a rush. Don't be in a rush to do certain things. You know, we as young adults, we, rem- we see our parents kind of at their peak earning years. We see the nice house and the nice cars and we think, I deserve that. I shouldn't have to work hard to get there. We have no idea the years and toil. We don't get to remember those things. We just see it at the end. And that as we graduate college, we feel like, man, the nice house, the nice car, that's, that's what I, I deserve that. Some of you are all in a hurry to buy things you can't afford. Some of you are all in a hurry to get married. Listen to me. If you've never walked into the bathroom after your significant other has just had diarrhea y'all ain't ready to get married all right am i allowed to say that was that too far it felt a little far coming out i wish i could have had it back but i said it okay so i apologize but some of y'all are in a hurry and you need to slow down marriage is hard work i have no idea how i even got there that's not in my notes okay i'm just i'm preaching right now okay Let's, let me get back to my notes here. <laughs> Slow down. Slow down. That's my point. This, again, is not an exhaustive list. You'll notice that last point was not in there. When you don't have all the facts, you've got to move slow. You've got to move slow. How many times do we hear things like, just follow your heart? Just follow your heart. You'll make the right decision. Your heart's deceptive. 
It's the Bible. How many times have you lied to yourself? How many times have you trusted your heart and it ended bad? Don't trust your heart. You're the last person you should trust. You need to get the advice from God and get the advice from people around you before you make any decisions. Got to move slow when you don't have all the facts. Just trust your gut. No, 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 no. My gut just had a smothered pork burrito from Lupe's, right? That's the last place I need to be trusting anything. If y'all, you need to check that out. If you never checked that out, Lupe's, I'm telling you right now, I am off topic again. Here we go. <laughs> Got to have all the facts. Got to have all the facts. Nobody's hurt you more than you've hurt you. You're the last person you should trust. Might I submit to you as well that not everything you read on the internet, hear on the news or hear on the radio is all factual. Get all the facts. Start making your decisions that way. Here's what your Bible is going to say. Proverbs 18, 13. To decide before knowing the facts is shameful and stupid. You might circle, star, underline, highlight that word. To decide anything before knowing the facts is shameful and stupid. Check and recheck your sources. Do your due diligence before you make a decision. Some of us need to start assuming the best in people and not the worst. You know, maybe that slow driver in front of you just got some really horrible news at the doctor. That's why they're driving like a fool. You know, maybe that kid at school who's acting all weird is getting smacked around at home. You have no idea what's happening in people's life. Stop making judgments. Start moving slow before you have all the facts. Maybe that mom at the grocery store yelling at her kids, her husband just walked out on her. She just needs somebody to help. Move slow in life, especially when it comes to judgments. Here's another thing. When to move slow. When I'm hurt, when I'm angry, or when I'm depressed. When I'm hurt, angry, or depressed, you've got to move slow. That's what James talks about. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. You'll notice if you were just quick to listen and slow to speak, you'd automatically end up slow to anger. What if our world got that right? What if our politicians got that right? The world could look drastic, drastically different. But it's pretty countercultural, isn't it? The world says, no, speak your mind. God says, no, you've got to listen to what people aren't saying. Hear their heart. Hear where they're at. Stop reacting Start responding. It's the difference between listening and speaking your mind when you react and not respond. Here's Proverbs, wisest man who ever lived, Solomon, aside from Jesus. The heart of the godly thinks carefully before typing anything on Facebook. Oh, my. That hit too close to home. I don't apologize. The heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. God might be wanting to stretch you today. Just because you're hurt on the inside doesn't mean you need to cast that all over the world on the internet or speaking illy about people. You've got to be slow in this area of your life. Hurting people hurt people. If you've been hurt, chances are that person's hurting. Again, you need to start assuming the best and really drill down on why that situation happened. But if it's you that's hurting, be slow. You're angry, hurt, or depressed. Move slow. This one's big. When to move slow. 
when I'm making a major decision, got to move slow. Job, house, car, marriage, got to move slow. Proverbs 21, 29, wicked people bluff their way through life, but God's people think before they take a step. I don't know what major decisions you're making today, but I assume some of you are struggling with some things. Like I said, it could be a house, it could be a car, it could be a new job. What's, what are you going to major in? What's your next step after college? Uh, there's just a number of things that are huge, big, life-altering decisions. God says you've got to move slowly. No, pastor, I've got to move quick. There's a deadline. It's on sale. I better buy it. I, what if I miss something amazing? Well, if it's causing you that much anxiety, maybe it's not what's best for you. How many times have you made these decisions in the past and they turned out bad? Go slow when making a major decision. Something newer and better, man, it's not always the best thing. Got to move slow. It's like me saying, you know, I like candy. Maybe I should start a candy shop called Landy's Candies. That's an amazing idea, right? I like candy. I can make candy. I'll sell candy. You got to spend money to make money. And then me doing no homework on what that actually involves. I have no idea how to make candy, right? Chocolate. I know it tastes good, but that'd be a horrible decision. First of all, the name is terrible, okay? Can we all agree on that? That's ridiculous. Landy's Candies. But you got to be slow in making major decisions, buying things, purchasing things, jobs, all these big areas in life. Just move slow. Move slow. Seek wise counsel. Get godly people around you to help you make these decisions. There's another one. When to move slow. When you're waiting on a seed to grow. Now, this sounds weird, okay? I'm going to explain. I want to share a couple verses with you, and then I'll explain what I mean. Zechariah 4.10 says, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Some of you have got to calm down. So what we're talking about again with, with patience. Don't despise these small beginnings. Wherever you're at in your life, don't despise these small beginnings. Keep working hard. Why? Because God rejoices to see the work begin. Some of you might be going through a season of life that's very difficult. You've got to work really hard. But don't despise those small beginnings. Keep working hard. God's not ready for you to harvest what you've planted yet. That's what he's trying to teach you. Ecclesiastes 3.1, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to scatter and a time to gather. Here's what I mean. There's a biblical principle called the law of the harvest. Some of you might have heard this in culture. Uh, the saying goes, you reap what you sow. Now, here's the idea of law of the harvest scripturally. If you plant something, let's take corn, for example, any vegetable. You plant a single seed. You harvest hundreds of seeds of whatever you plant. 
tomato, whatever it is, vegetable. I mean, you plant a seed, you have the potential to harvest numbers of seeds, a hundredfold. Now, the same thing is true in your life because you reap what you sow. So if you're planted seeds of anxiety and worry and anything else, you're going to harvest those seeds a hundredfold. So if you can be honest and take a look at your life and say, man, there's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of stress, what seeds are you planting? Chances are you're not planting kindness and love and integrity because you'd be getting those things back. What are you planting? You've got to harvest those seeds if you'll plant the right seeds. And you've got to be patient. Because it takes a long time for things to grow. It takes a long time for those seeds to bloom and blossom and, and, and grow that fruit. If you want fruit in your life, you've got to move thro- slowly through areas of life. Now, God's got some things that he maybe wants you to get rid of in this whole season of your life. He's got some other things that maybe you need to add. In fact, just to help you today, every one of you should have received one of these cards. If you didn't, make sure you grab one on the way out. But this is homework, okay? Because I'm a practical guy. You guys all know that by now. But I want you to take a look at your life and be honest. And the plus sign, you say, well, what, what area of life did I need to move faster in? Maybe it's forgiveness. Maybe it's running from temptation. Whatever it is. Where do I need to move faster in? No. Subtraction, the little minus sign there. What do I need to move slowly in? Do I got a big decision coming up? What is that? I need to write that down. Now the greater sign. What do I need to add in my life? In light of where I need to move fast, in light of where I need to move slow, maybe there are some things I need to add to my life. In order for this to be my best year, it's got to be my best year spiritually, what do I need to add to that? Maybe it's serving, maybe it's small group, maybe it's getting involved, maybe it's doing something in your community. I don't know, whatever it is, but what do I need to add? And finally, the less than sign, what do I need to do less of? Talked about this a little bit last week, how we pour all these things into our jars. Our jars are overflowing, but if you just put the big things in first, you scheduled your priorities, you gave the world your best, yes, there'd be time for everything else. Some of you are doing things you shouldn't be doing. You need to get rid of those things. You need not apologize for them either. either. Because if this is going to be your best life, it's got to start spiritually. You need to schedule those things first. And then add slowly all these other things as well. I'm going to close this this morning in prayer. And then we're going to be dismissed. If you want to uh, give us your connection card or if you came with offering, there'll be ushers and buckets and all that stuff back there in the back. You can do that on your way out. But uh, before we dismiss, I want to share this passage with you. This is about my heart all week. And I want to pray this over you, especially as you think, you know, what do I need to add? What do I need to subtract? Where do I need to move fast? Where do I need to move slow? Here it is. First Kings 858. May God keep us centered and devoted to him. Following the path he has cleared. Who cleared the path? He did. Watching the signposts. Maybe today's a signpost for you. Walking at the pace and rhythms He laid down. Not you. 
not your family, not your friends. He laid down rhythm and pace for your life. What is that pace? Got to discover that today. I want to pray this over each of you. With every head bowed, every eye closed, you might just pray this in your heart as well. God, help me be sensitive to your timing. Help me understand your pace, your rhythm. God, show me when to move fast. Show me when to move slow. Teach me when to say yes. And teach me when to say no. Help me discover what I should do more of. God, put that in each person's heart today. Help me discover what I need to do less. God, give them a clear sign of where they need to take some things out of life. As we continue to pray this morning, I just feel like I need to offer, offer you the opportunity to move fast in this area of salvation. God says, don't go slow. Today's the day. If you're here this morning, you've never accepted this free gift of salvation. Putting trust in Jesus. I'm not going to make you do anything weird. The Bible just says confess in your heart and believe in Jesus and you'll be saved. So I want to invite you to confess in your heart right now. And just say, Dear Jesus, I accept your forgiveness. I believe that you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. I trust you with my life. Thank you for saving me. Help me today. Help me forever live for you. I give you my life. I give you my all. God, we thank you. We love you for all you do. Help us stretch our time for your glory. Help us maximize the short time we have on earth. And as Moses said in Psalm 90, God, teach us to number our days. Maximize our lives. God, I'm praying for blessing over each person's life today. I'm praying for freedom from stress and anxiety and worry. I'm praying for faith in this life. We love you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. See you next week.